bonus. Brought it to him. Hey, what is up? You are listening to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacer fans, by Pacer fans, and the most popular Pacers podcast in the world. But now we are a part of the All Indie Sports network of podcasts. If you haven't figured that out already, hopefully we can clear that up on Instagram or wherever you see us soon. But we're, we're working on making that more clear. But you can find us here every week on All Indie Sports. We're trying to make moves in the market. That's why we're changing things up a little bit. But as always, I'm your host, Jack, and today I'm joined by Austin. Austin, how's it going, man? It's spectacular. It's a dreary day, but it's a warm one in our hearts. Okay, we'll talk about that. And maybe hold the mic closer to your mouth, too. Do you so. not hear me? You hear me now? I can hear you. Yes. You know, this is on you because you said, hey, mic check, and then started recording right away. So I, I, I You understand. said, I want to be the producer today. <laughs> I want to try it. Let me try new things. And I said, hey, I'm all about trying new things. That you are. And I, you know, I thought this would be easier. This is not an easy job. It's not. We are a minute and 45 seconds. That's why I get paid the big bucks to produce the number one Pacers podcast in the world. Yeah. Um, And the number one Pacers podcast in the world was live in Indianapolis yesterday. Both of us were. Yeah. I go. So longtime listeners know. I'm at every Pacers game. I have been at every Pacers game, either in spirit, in womb, in <laughs> in person. I've been at every game since since the founding. Yeah, and since you spend you spend a lot of time at the pretzel stand. Yeah, well, I made you. Well, you you kindly obliged to stand in line with me at the pretzel well, stand. I mean, I wasn't gonna leave you there. You could have went to the seats. Yeah, but I mean, we were I guess there you together. Didn't have the tickets, but oh, that too. Yeah, Jack and I went, and I've talked about these pretzels, these fantastic pretzels. I always forget to look at the name of the company, but if you've been to... It's like Cousin something, right? Cousin... Cousin... Vinny. No, that's a movie. My Cousin Vinny. But there's probably companies that have played on that. Anyways, these pretzels are fantastic. The cheese is mediocre, but I'd rather have a good... I'd rather have a good pretzel than... Because it's hard to mess up nacho cheese. But they do? No, they don't mess it. It's just like, you know, it's just run-of-the-mill okay. cheese. It would be nice, though, if it was like a nice cheese blend, maybe. But, you know, it's a concession stand. So one time I got a, and this is leading somewhere. One time for a friend's birthday, we were at some bar, and I said, I'll take a margarita. You know, if I'm going to drink, which is rare, I'll get a margarita. Um, and I got up there and he was like, oh, I've never made one before. We like, tell me if it's okay. And it was probably like, I don't know the most, it was probably, it was basically a shot of tequila, but a whole, I, I don't know, like five or six shots in one glass. It was just all tequila with a, a little bit of flavoring. Yeah. But I didn't tell him that it was bad, which it was because I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but I think about it now and i you know i probably should have said something because he's probably been making terrible margaritas ever since because i told him it was really good yeah should we talk to them about the cheese next time we're up there no because (laughs) those workers don't make the cheese they do form the pretzels though so if the pretzel was bad i probably wouldn't say anything either because i wouldn't be the first person trying a pretzel from them okay interesting 
but there's nothing that they can they're just like putting that cheese into cups okay I and look, you've told some stories on this podcast before about the uh, pretzel cheese at Indiana Pacer games. So I did wait in line with you. I did let you know that it was a bad idea. It's not the first time I've been at a game with you and you've got a pretzel. I always let you know it's a bad idea yes. from stories I've heard. Well, listen, that was over ten years ago now, and but you know what? If I would have got sick last night, it would have come full circle because. The last time I got sick off a of, off a pretzel at the Pacers game, and the only time I've gotten sick off a pretzel <laughs> anywhere, by the way, uh, the Pacers were playing the Kings, and rookie Boogie Cousins was on that team. Oh. And I have not seen – trying to think. Yeah, I haven't seen Boogie Cousins play in person since then. And obviously, he's on the Nuggets now. He's the backup center. So if I would have got sick last night – then I would have known, oh, it's not a pretzel thing. It's a Boogie Cousins thing. Interesting. There's just a bad juju. Like so, Boogie and my energies, they don't, they're not compatible. And, and In fact, they are hostile. There was a lot of hostile energy flowing at the Pacers-Nuggets game. We're going to talk about that too, but we, we want to go over, first of all, the stat of the day, we, which we didn't talk about. Did you ever have a stat of the day today? No, I have a, I have a great stat of the day. Oh, let's hear it. It's a very unique stat of the day. Actually, it's more of a number of the day. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> eight. Ah, ah. Eight. Eight is our stat of the day because okay. last night, I won't ask you where you were because we were at the same place, Terry Taylor had eight offensive rebounds and only Whoa. one defensive rebound. <laughs> so he had nine rebounds. Eight of them were offensive. Really? And Man. it makes sense from when we were at that game because the Nuggets – uh, shot 62% and 43% from three. They only missed one free throw, so they didn't miss any shots. And the Pacers got a ton of – they got 18 offensive rebounds. A lot of them were tips, like, yeah, like off Goga, the backboard yeah. and missed mm-hmm. shots. But, yeah, they had a ton of – they were very active on the offensive boards. Mm-hmm. It just didn't totally translate at times. No. But Eight for Terry offensive- Taylor, it did. Man, that – that's a lot. Yeah, that has to be a really rare thing. Yeah, I mean the rec. I mean, I'm sure the record is probably like 15 or or something insane from like Wilt Chamberlain. But yeah, I mean, most guys don't get more than five or six. I wonder too, because he's six foot five or listed at six foot five. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he has the most offensive rebounds of a six foot five guy ever. That would be a good stat. That might to be know. impossible to find out. You know, if there were a reliable stat source on the internet, we could look it up. But, you know, we don't trust basketball reference here. Oh, yeah. At the All Pacers pod. At least not while I'm on here. We will trust them if they decide to sponsor us one day. Yes. But we will see. Until then, we won't, I guess. Until then, no trust. No trust is given to basketball reference. But, hey, thanks for the stat of the day, Austin. It's always a pleasure. I totally... Surprised you with it, but I forget that no one prepares for the All Pacers pod like Austin does. No. So let's talk about some news that's been going on with the Pacers and what we've done in the past, or at least this season, is we've talked about the standings separately. We're just going to include that in the news today because that's really the big story of the season is where the Pacers going to draft. We'll talk about that, but I first want to start out with Miles Turner's out for the year. Any surprise there? No. 
He's too good to be playing right now. So he's added onto the list of injuries that the Pacers have right now. And I'm just going to look at the injury uh, the injury list from last night's game against the Denver Nuggets. We're recording this quote unquote injury list. Yeah, quote unquote injury list. We're recording this Thursday, March 31st, and we're going to talk about why that's quote unquote too. But a lot of guys sat out last night. Here's the list. I mean, I'm going to include Ricky Rubio. I don't think that counts. But let's just say Ricky Rubio, TJ Warren. But then McConnell's still out. Turner, Duarte, O'Shea Brissett, Brogdon, and Isaiah Jackson. All of them were out. Isaiah Jackson's not sitting out purposefully. He had that concussion a couple weeks ago, and he had to leave a game recently because of a headache. I believe it was against Toronto. So, I mean, obviously we're out. Uh, we don't have him. Brogdon was out for rest last night. That's why he sat out, which makes sense. I could see him sitting out the rest of the year as well. And then, yeah, I mean, that's that's a long list of injuries. We saw TJ McConnell at one point who has been out with his uh, wrist injury, and he was waving, or what was he doing? He's ru- How would you describe that? Rubbing his hands together you, rapidly. You saw it, yeah. I got a video of it. He was rubbing his hands together rapidly, and clearly his wrist isn't bothering him with that motion. Wrists were bending. Yeah, wrists were bending quickly. I mean, I don't know if it was a doctor-prescribed method of recovery, some kind of like stretch he should be doing, you know, right. when you hear that. But when I saw it, I thought he's sitting out purposefully. So he's on that list too. It looks like he's healthy though, if I had to guess. What an honor for TJ McConnell. Yeah, solid player, man. To be included in, you know, the purposeful tanking injury report. <laughs> for sure. I Over I, Tyrese Halliburton. Over how well, I mean, you, if you're the Pacers, you cannot allow Halliburton to sit out right now because he's selling tickets to the games. Or at least there's some excitement. Is he? For, there was a lot of empty seats last night. Yeah, there were, but there were a lot more empty seats before this Halliburton trade. That's the, true. He's the exciting player right now for Pacer fans. Okay, you know? Yeah. There were a lot of Nuggets fans there too last night. A lot of Jokic yeah, it fans. Maybe, it was maybe like 70-30 or Not like the like Warriors that. game we went to this year where it was all Warriors fans. Yeah, that was probably 50-50. And that might be being generous. Yeah, that was that's definitely generous. That was the worst Pacers experience I think I've ever had. It was fun going with you guys, you and Seth, our friend Seth. Also, part of that experience, which we may have talked about, was uh, we sat in front of the worst <laughs> fans. Like, yeah, I think I mean I think they were probably high school kids or something, but you know, middle school for sure. Middle, just very obnoxious. Very obnoxious. Yeah, it's it it can ruin your experience if you sit next to one. Yeah. obnoxious fan when it's a whole brigade of obnoxious fans it, it gets tough that's what going to a football game is oh probably it's just all obnoxious fans all the time so on that list of injuries that i just read austin you expect anyone to be back maybe isaiah jackson because he's young uh duarte maybe Brissett probably but yeah Br- Brissett. i don't what's his injury uh, back, back. Yeah, you don't want to fool around with the back. But so I don't know. Yeah, I mean the lineup right now, which includes the starting lineup of Goga Patadze and Justin Anderson. Who, if you if you've listened to this podcast before, you know how I feel about Justin Anderson. I think he's a terrible NBA player, decision making wise. Very athletic, and I guess that's alluring to teams. They always sign him. And he's a Rick Carlisle guy. We talked about this, and I don't, I don't understand why. Even when I used to Dallas. watch all of those Dallas games because Yogi Ferrell, 
and Justin Anderson was on those teams, and I thought, and I know it's been years since, but I remember watching those and thinking, this is the worst player on the court anytime he's on the court. <laughs> and it's been years, so yeah, like last night against the Nuggets, he, lo- he looked good at times, but when... It was bad down the stretch. It was bad down the stretch. I think he has a view of himself in, and shouldn't have a certain... like he. Look, he'll take all these three-pointers that he should not be taking. If you look at his numbers, which I'm sure he's seen his numbers, you know that he should not. Yeah, shooter. He has that Deion Waiters mentality, but can't heat up like Deion Waiters. Mm. And there's there's a difference. Like Deion Waiters, I wouldn't want him on my team. But if he's hot, he's hot. And, I mean, he's going to score in bunches. Mm -hmm. I don't think Justin Anderson's that guy. His athleticism's nice. He was guarding Jokic better than Goga at times. But that's not saying much. And poor, poor Goga. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this game later more. But yeah, I mean, Brissett being out to adds. I mean, that's why Justin Anderson got the start. Brissett was out, and we're deciding to call Goga and Justin Anderson the gruesome twosome. Yes, they are the tank masters. Without them, I don't think this tank would be going as smoothly as it's going. No, but they they are steering the ship at this moment. The gruesome twosome. It's a good nickname. Yeah. Then they they lived up to it last night. They did. Uh, so, like I, we went through the injuries. Now I want to talk about the Pacers standing mm-hmm. in the NBA. So we're at the moment thirteenth in the East, which is third to last with a record of twenty five and fifty two. We are currently on the longest losing streak in the East of a five game losing streak, and we're going to go through all five of those games here in a minute. We are tied for the longest losing streak in the NBA with, can you name the two other teams? It's a five-game losing streak? Five-game losing streak. There's two other teams on a five-game losing streak right now. Um, One of them. Portland? Yeah, Portland may end up passing the Pacers in the lottery standings. And OKC. The Jazz. Oh. The Utah Jazz, five-game losing streak. Who last night fell to six. After Crazy. the Nuggets won. Unreal. Yeah. So, I mean, they have the same amount of wins. Or, no, they have two more wins than the Timberwolves. Maybe the Timberwolves can make some moves and avoid the playing game. Maybe. Be the Timberwolves wild. have a tough schedule the rest of the way, though. So, right now, the Pacers have 25 wins. We are 25 and 52, which means we have played 77 games. We have five games left. We are really at this point trying to hold off the trailblazers and kings i don't think we're gonna pass up the thunder for lottery odds no no way the thunder are 22 and 54 right now yeah i don't think there's a chance that team's bad isaiah roby though right your guy you You know i got isaiah roby stock you know i still got hints of my poku stock yeah you should have sold that a long time ago i got lindy waters stock just because i like his name lindy waters lindy waters he sounds like an old blues singer I've never heard that name in my life. Lindy Waters? Lindy Waters the third. Okay. Lindy He's Waters. Right. I've never heard that name. It's like the if you if you haven't I played Purtle yet, it's like Wordle, but for NBA. One of the player or the player yesterday was Jeremiah Jeremiah Robinson Earl, is that? Yeah, maybe yeah, Jerome. Thunder. But yeah. I, I couldn't get it. I had no idea who it was, so uh yeah, that that Thunder team has some interesting players. 
But yeah, so we're currently ahead of them in the standings with 25 wins. They have 22. The Trailblazers have 27. The Kings have 28. Like I said, we have five games left. And I don't know. Do you think we're going to stick at this spot? We have a few difficult games left. Actually, four difficult games left. And then the Pistons. But we're at Boston, against Philly, at Philly, and then at Brooklyn. You would assume all four of those will be losses, correct? Well, this Pistons team is better than this Pacers team. You think? I guess, yeah, with what we saw I last honestly, night. I don't think it's particularly close either. Just like the level of talent between the two teams. Rick Carlisle is a better coach than Dwayne Casey, who's not a bad coach, by the way. but Former coach uh, of the year. Former coach of the year and then got fired. I mean, rightfully so. Nick Nurse, better coach. They won a title. Anyways, yeah, th- this Pistons team right now – if all their gut, like if I know Cade's playing right now, Sadiq Bay, I don't know if Jeremy Grant is. Jeremy he, Grant's out for the season. Okay. Pistons are still better, but not that much better. You still have Marvin Bagley stock, too, though. I do still have Marvin Bagley stock. Hey, and he's been playing well for the Pistons. That was a great trade for them. That was like that was like the Jalen Smith move for the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, your dad has a ton of Luca Garza stock still. I think because no <laughs> one's buying it from him. Yeah, so <laughs> my dad said that Luca Garza would be a top three pick when he was in college. In the NBA draft. In the NBA. <laughs> Not the Harlem Globetrotters draft or anything like that. We're talking NBA in draft. In the NBA draft. He said he would be a top three pick in like the middle of his senior season. And uh, I told all of Jack and I's friends, and they told me how ridiculous that was. On and it par- has borne out. On par with Dan Dockich's call of Aaron Kraft or oh man CJ Fair being his one and two in that <laughs> NBA draft. It's just... That would have people, been, what, 10 years ago? Oh, maybe longer, but yeah. I mean, it's just so funny. Like People who don't really watch the NBA and only watch college have usually no concept of what translates yeah i mean guys can master college basketball because that speed is where they can be comfortable in Mm -hmm. when you get to the nba it's a total different speed a guy like aaron Kraft is gonna have a hard time making that work luca garza's had some success at times this year but like i i don't i i wanted to have drafted him top three (laughs) (laughs) no and well and (laughs) i don't know that he went top 43 when you watched him run in college i don't know if your dad actually watched him run or anything he looked he ran he runs worse than roy hibbert my dad's a big iu fan yeah but he you know how roy hibbert looks like he has bricks for feet when he runs yeah yeah lucas luca garza is worse than that yeah man interesting he has the intangibles though those college intangibles in in, the (laughs) enchambles the intangibles he has the know-how just doesn't really have the anything else so the trailblazers next six games i want to talk about this they play the spurs tomorrow loss the spurs on sunday loss thunder on tuesday that is gonna be a terrible game pelicans on thursday loss mavericks on friday loss jazz on sunday well the way the jazz are playing so for them to pass us up they would have to lose all of these games probably and we would have to beat Philly or 
I, I maybe Boston. Maybe Goga can cook the big man in Boston at this point without Robert Williams. You think Goga's better than Al Horford currently? He is nowhere close to Al Horford. <laughs> he is... Uh, the gap is not as far between him and Daniel Tice, though. Okay. So... Maybe Horford will be out. <laughs> maybe Horford will be out. I still would not be uh, intimidated if I was the Celtics in that game, though. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the Pacers are pretty locked in at five. I don't think the Trailblazers are going to pass this up. Yeah, for- I mean, you have wiggle room to win the Pistons game, you know, which wouldn't be surprising. I, I still think the Pacers would lose. But, yeah, it looks like this is a 25-win team. It feels like a 15-win team right now just because of the guys who are going out on the court. But, you know, guys are getting valuable experience, and that's that's what a tanking team is all about. Which is important. So let's go over to win-loss percentage. Let's check in on this real quick because last time we checked, we were the ninth worst win percentage in Pacers basketball history this mm. season, which was worse than the Nate Bjorkgren led Indiana Pacers. I just like pointing that out. I like Rick Carlisle. I just I want to point out that Bjorkgren's team was not even close to the bottom. So we are on pace to have the fifth worst win percentage in Pacers basketball history. Currently at 25 wins, the third worst and the fourth worst are both tied with 26 wins each. That means if we win one more game and then lose the others, we are tied for the third worst record of all time. Does that surprise you at all? Nope. This team's pretty terrible. (laughs) So, (laughs) no. If you told me that at the start of the season, yes, would have been surprised. Got Rick Carlisle... Seemingly a healthy Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, potentially maybe, Warren, maybe Warren. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I I did the over forty two and a half wins this year, and oh, it rough. Still ha- it's still on my uh, bet slip on Fanduel. They make me look at it every time I open the app. Fanduel. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna say something. Fanduel is the worst with future bets. I have a Phoenix. I have the Suns over fifty-one and a half. It hit three weeks ago or something. They still haven't given me the money. DraftKings, shout out DraftKings. I had Pelicans under thirty-nine and a half. The money was in my account the second they lost their forty-third game. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should make instantly. the switch. But I mean, I mean, ultimately. The smart thing to do is who's giving you the best odds on the bet you want. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt to wait a few weeks to get that, but it is frustrating. FanDuel, step, you know, step your game up. Come on, FanDuel. There's not going to be some sca- I mean, some scandal. Maybe that's what they're waiting on for the, you know, the Suns and they have to negate 12 Phoenix Suns wins or whatever it is. I don't know. But, I mean, people, it was probably 50-50 over under, right? If they're doing uh, it right, 50% of the people picked over, 50% picked under. So, just, like... No, I, bets rarely work out like that. Okay. But, I mean, that's their goal, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. You know, equal betting on both sides. Right. And that's why lines adjust. Yeah. But if people really like a team going into the season... They might just bet the over no matter what it is. Yeah. 
let's take a quick break. All right, Austin, let's talk about these recent games. The Pacers, like I said, are on a five-game losing streak, dating back to Wednesday, March 23rd against the Sacramento Kings, which we did talk about. Me and Sal talked about that recently because we were recording the podcast during the end of the Sacramento Kings game. So the Pacers were up, and then Buddy Heald turned it over. Davion Mitchell's or Davion Mitchell had a tip in to win the game. Pacers ended up losing that one, 109-110. Surprising to you? Not really. No Pacers loss at this point is, would be surprising. So the crazy thing, too, was Sabonis was out. Justin Holliday got the start. Always good to see him play. Mm. But like I said, Sabonis was out. Jeremy Lamb played some. And obviously, Darren Fox is out at this point, too. So, I mean, they're just like the Pacers. They're throwing in a bunch of random guys hoping to get lower in the standings for the draft odds. Ended up pulling out this victory, though, you know, because the, the players aren't trying to lose. They're trying to win. That's true. Davion Mitchell was in the game. He's an awesome young guy right now. And, yeah, they just ended up with Trey Lyles and Damian Jones taking over this game when it mattered most. So, lost that game. That kicked off this five-game losing streak, which le- the second game of which being against the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. We lost this one 133-103. to No John Morant. Austin, thoughts on this one? Grizzlies better without jaw, apparently. Not just happened to the Pacers. Yeah, apparently. And Lance Stevenson, though, big story in this one. 25 points off the bench and, you know, looked good and looked like classic Lance, vintage Lance at times in this game. Wasn't enough, though, with our starting lineup, including Justin Anderson and Goga Batadze, the gruesome twosome. We were bound to lose from the tip-off. Let's move on to the next game. That's okay. all I want to talk about that one. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of Bound something to else to say. lose is kind of a theme now at this point of the yeah, season. I mean, especially, like I said, if the gruesome twosome's in. I didn't even mention, too, part of the news. Justin Anderson signed his second 10-day contract on March 28th. So it looks like, unless Good. something crazy happens, we'll get him to another 10-day, because I know you can do the two injury 10 days now. Keep it rolling. And then two other extra 10 days. Yeah, you can keep it rolling. And... Looks like we'll have him towards through the end of the season, which I think is smart for the Pacers. Next game was the Raptors Pacers 91 131 loss. Sal from All Pacers on Instagram was at this game. They were down by 30 in the middle of the second quarter, and then there was a fire, caused all the fans to evacuate. Sal's first game, um, at first Pacer game, you got to feel for him, especially flying out, getting plane tickets, flying to this game. Tough loss and didn't get to finish this one. But the fire, if there's any symbolism, I mean, it, it's a metaphor for the Pacers season at this point. There was a fire. We got some hope. Like, maybe we can go to the locker room, come back out, figure this out. But it just made things worse. We ended up losing by 40 points to the Toronto Raptors. Maybe Aust- a metaphor for the Raptors, too, because they just recently only let fans back into the arena and then there was a fire, and they kicked all of them out. Yeah. So maybe there are some uh, Toronto spirits that are saying, stay out Maybe you're a fan. Maybe. So the plus-minus Pacers, the leader in minus, because no one was plus in this game, Terry Taylor was minus 35, followed closely behind by Lance Stevenson at minus 34, which seems to be a theme of Lance's recently. Yeah. But the eye, the eye test doesn't lie. Third on the plus-minus for worst plus-minus was 
Justin Anderson at minus 29. That's not that crazy, though, because everyone was minus, and it was all double digits. So Nobody was plus size that night. Nobody was plus size that night. You were correct, Austin. So next game, we had Nate McMillan come to town with his Atlanta Hawks. We lost this one 132 to 123. Couldn't show up the old coach. They did have Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Clint Capella starting in this one, so they still had a good team. Obviously, they're competing for a better position in the playoffs. Bogdanovich, Okongwu, who I know you love both of those guys, came off the bench. They looked good. Bogdanovich put up 29 against us. And, you know, the gruesome twosome did the best they could. And it was perfect because we ended up losing this one. So shout out Justin Anderson, who led the team in plus minus again with the worst plus minus at minus 16. Austin, you like the Atlanta Hawks? Yep, but uh, the Pacers didn't cover this game, and I had bet on them. At oh, eight you, and a half, and, and they, they lost by nine. So <laughs> couldn't. I thought they'd get up for a Nate McMillan game. They just, just narrowly did not get up enough. I don't know how to phrase that. So your problem with that thinking is the only people who played for Nate McMillan was Goga and Lance, out of the eight guys who played. So and Lance also played for him in Atlanta. And he also played for him in, in Atlanta, yeah. Earlier so this season. Maybe he wanted so. some revenge, too. I don't know. Well, they didn't want it enough. Yeah, must not have wanted it enough. Um, Halliburton looked great in this one, though. 25 points, 13 assists. Keep betting the over for assists, everyone, if you're listening. you got five games left. Yeah, also, you, you told me that, and since I've been on the podcast, I did that. I did your parlay, your buddy healed, Halliburton, three-pointer assist parlay, that missed. I also bet on those two things individually that same game. It was a Portland game, actually. Okay. They missed. Uh, but it serves Weird you, blowout win for the It serves Pacers, you though. right because you told me, you were texting me about betting the Blazers like live line yeah. that game. Well, they were plus 27 and a half or something against the Pacers. Yeah. But that, that missed, point. right? No, it was, it was closer than that. I think it was plus 13. And yeah, the Pacers yeah, yeah. ended up winning by way more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so lost that one. So, yeah, I guess it does So, we were right. all losers. But Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton hit that parlay in this game. Mm. Heald had five made threes. Halliburton had 13 assists. Right now, I think his over-under for assists is eight and a half. It might be higher at this point. But, I mean, he's putting up these double-digit assist game, you need, games you consistently. Need, and you need Heald to keep hitting those threes to raise his trade value. Yeah, no That's doubt. That's the only reason he's playing. He's kind of a good fit next to Halliburton too, though. Oh, he's a great fit. I mean, if if they wouldn't if they wanted to keep him, it wouldn't be a bad idea. But I don't know that they do. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of shown new dimensions to his game too. Because I always have just thought of him as a three point shooter, but mm-hmm. we're seeing him drive to the basket and kind of create too. At times, he's not like a terrible defender either. Maybe I'm just comparing it to the rest of the team defensively because. We yeah. don't have great defenders on the court right now. A bunch of young guys it doesn't always lead to good defensive performances, but I mean, he seems like a more diverse type of player than I thought that he was. I don't know if something's changed for him. Scenery. Just he'll have the ball more. Yeah. They're asking him to create though, and I, I don't think that I, I didn't watch a ton of Kings games and I didn't like overanalyze but he healed or anything, but it just seems like a new type of player. Almost he didn't a, have the ball a lot there either, though, because you had Halliburton and Fox and Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Who gets the ball in the high post a lot. Bogdanovich, so. too, was there for a lot of it. Yeah, Bogdanovich was there a few years ago. So, Let's talk about this Nuggets game that me and you were 
at last mm-hmm. night. So we lost this one 125 to 118. The craziest thing about this game was the first quarter, which was 43 to 15 in Denver's favor. A wild game. A wild game. We ended up coming back in the third quarter, cutting the lead. I think we even took the lead at one point in the third quarter. A couple, yeah, they took the lead. We're up to maybe even four, and it the lead flip-flopped back and forth for maybe half a quarter before Jokic and Bones Highland said, we have to put the game away now. Yeah, shout out. I wish it was a little closer. I had Pacers plus five and a half. I live bet that and didn't work we ended up losing by seven in this one but that is okay the nuggets came out really hot and they held on with that early effort so the um let's let's talk about this one a little bit because there were a lot of crazy things that happened if you haven't been on social media recently then you haven't seen or if you haven't been on social media since this game you haven't seen the lance austin rivers clip that's been going around which austin rivers threw his elbow up missed lance's face like didn't even hit him it was probably what five it was it was like three inches away maybe yeah 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 it was not like he was going to hit him it was clearly just like a fake and then he passed the ball away it was like when matt barnes faked the ball at kobe's face you know yeah but he didn't get teed up for that well it wasn't at his face remember they showed the top angle oh well still he was like yeah. It was supposed to be like a intimidating thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was very much a Tony Brothers game. Tony Brothers the ref, mm-hmm. if uh you aren't aware, but so Lance reacted when Austin Rivers threw his elbow up and they threw Austin Rivers out of the game. Yeah. They had gotten into it earlier. Austin Rivers shoved Lance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm confident that the reason they threw him out was because he had been chippy with Lance throughout that game. Yeah. And I think they were just trying to cut it off before some kind of fight happened. Here's what I found interesting was and I don't I don't know if they do this if things pop off during the Pacers game all the time, but they didn't show a replay when either time actually that they got into it. I think no, they did for the shove. The first oh, they did for the shove. Yeah, okay, we but saw they the definitely shove. didn't for the elbow. So I wonder if they, like in this arena, they were just not showing it because. That's smart. You don't want to like. so obvious. You yeah. don't want to start a fight or anything. Yeah. Because you'd be, you'd be upset if you were the Nuggets and you saw the replay. Yeah. But the refs went and checked the replay. Well, no, just Tony. So I actually figured this out afterwards. Only Tony Brothers went to the monitor. He didn't consult with other refs on the second. Austin Rivers technical. Okay. Which that so that was another component of it that social media was talking about. Yeah. Interesting. I so when I saw it on social media, I I mean it is out of context because yeah, when you see it, he threw his elbow up, it didn't hit Lance and he got thrown out of the game. That doesn't make sense. He already had a technical foul earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. So I mean that lends to him getting thrown out. He probably shouldn't have gotten thrown out for what he did. No, to Lance. he definitely shouldn't have. It was ridiculous. It, yeah, there was. I can. We can at least justify it a little bit more than what we've seen on Instagram, like the clips that have been going around or Twitter. So, I'm a, I'm a fan of him getting thrown out because I just I love that about Lance, and that's what I wanted to talk about too. Because Lance is an all time troll, mm-hmm. and he does this thing. It's it's so smart. He'll get in someone's head. 
they'll overreact and he'll walk away like no one's talking to him. Mm-hmm. He'll just have like this dumb look on his face and people want a reaction out of him, but he doesn't give them a reaction most times. We saw it a little bit last night when he got shoved. He kind of pushed Austin Rivers back. Um, well, he he did something to Austin Rivers first. He like, I don't know if he grabbed him or something. That's his then, thing. And then Austin Rivers shoved him. Yeah, which is exactly what Lance wants. Yeah. He'll, inst- he'll instigate. He'll get pushed, knocked to the ground, something, and then act like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And it, I know it irritates people. If it was me on the other end, I'd be so mad. Also, I saw this on social media, too. So I, maybe this was between the shove and the fake elbow. Lance rubbed his sweaty forehead on Austin Rivers' <laughs> mouth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like... Rivers didn't do anything. He like Rivers just looked at the refs disgustingly. Like, hey, like get this guy off of me, basically. Weird, weird target for Lance. Like, why? Why would you not do that to someone else? Do you just know? Do you think he knew? Well, they were guarding each other. I guess it makes sense. They're both like chippy. I mean, Austin Rivers is always playing angry, like everybody's out to get him. Yeah, which I mean, defines his career in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean the he's, he's he's got the nepotism yeah thing hanging over him a lot. Which kudos to him for, you know, making a ten year career or whatever it is now, but yeah, he's always got that aura. Yeah. So but yeah, Lance got the best of him last night. It ended worse than it should have for him for Austin Rivers, but I wanted to talk about Lance as a troll because personally just Look like racking my brain trying to f- like think through all the years. I th- I'm pretty sure Lance is the biggest troll in Pacers history. Troll, you know, like just his antics on the the court. Obviously, like I wouldn't call Ron Artest a troll or anything. He's more of just like a head case kind of bad attitude yeah. type of guy. It's it's different, you know. Like Lance blew in LeBron's ear the one time, and I know you have a list of things mm-hmm. that he's done, and we're gonna go over that, but. I think of him as the the biggest troll in Pacers history, and I am I've started deep diving to see if he's the biggest troll in NBA history. Mm. I would guess there's a great chance he's at least up near the top. I'd say there's a great chance he's top ten. I wouldn't know where he ranks all time, but I know he's a pretty good case for the upper echelon of trolls in NBA history. But mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about his career as a troll, which has really kept him in the league at times too and made him an important player at least you know he's a beloved pacer by the fans because of you know his talent on the court but his antics on the court adds a ton of excitement too Mm -hmm. i think at times when the pacers you know we've signed him two extra times it's his third stint with the pacers you know he's a seat he's a ticket seller like when lance was back i know people were excited to watch Lance play again because you never know what he's going to do. There's a ton of value in that as an organization. And, like, it's helped him. I, I really believe it's helped him have a longer career than maybe he would have if he didn't have these antics. What What are your thoughts on that? No, yeah. Lance, grade-A troll, has been his whole career. He's a fun guy, obviously, to watch. It's, uh, you know, the unpredictable element is what people like so much with with Lance. And it's usually it's usually a fun unpredictableness. 
There's also a turnover unpredictableness with Lance that doesn't really rear its head now that he's only playing like 12 minutes a game. But so we're kind of past that stage. You know, he's like your he's like uh, your grandpa or your uncle at this point. You're like, oh, gran- grandpa, <laughs> grandpa said that funny thing. Uh, you know, Uncle Lance said that funny thing that yeah, okay, we maybe shouldn't repeat. I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> Uncle Lance. Uh, 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 grandpa, you know, Grandpa's going wild tonight. <laughs> so he had uh, he's averaging 19 minutes a game for the Pacers this year. He he did play 12 minutes against the Nuggets. Had a minus 27 plus minus, which we were talking about before this podcast, or maybe we talked about it at the beginning. I can't remember, but. Yeah, I would have never guessed that the team was that bad with him. Yeah, well, it's in bec- the game. It's because he they were down fourteen to eight. We talked about this before the pod. They were down fourteen to eight in the first quarter, which is like halfway through the first quarter. He comes in, and then <laughs> the Nuggets go on a like thirty to seven run to end the quarter, and you know that's six. That's half of Lance's playing time right there. So yeah, it, um, I mean, a minus twenty seven in twelve minutes is insane. Yeah. Like that, can't you can't put that all on him though? Obviously, like, yeah, obviously. Like the gruesome twosome was out there. The a gruesome lot. twosome. I mean, God bless Gogo Bataza. He was getting cooked last night. <laughs> I mean, when Jok- when Jokic was like, "Hey, give me the ball. Let's put the let's put the game away." I mean, there was just nothing Gogo could do about it. Yeah, I mean, there was there was no option for Jokic at all in that game it was throw gogo on him hope for the best but i mean Jokic no option was, for bones highland either he had a great game yeah i mean he's a good player he's quick and has he's great he's oozing with confidence he hugged tony brothers after the game very oh. mr rogers-esque of him interesting i knew there like was a, some kind of fix like a full hug oh so so they had tony brothers on their side well, <laughs> I don't. Interesting. I don't know that Austin, the game. Hey. I don't know that the game bore that out. Good take. With the Austin Rivers. <laughs> See, this is that insider information we we desperately need on the All Pacers pod. <laughs> um, okay, so you have a list of Lance Stevenson. I do antics right throughout the years. His trolling moments. I do. We'll run through them. Okay, it's a it's I'll not dinner a short... with my grandma soon. Okay, yeah. So. Well, let's run through them quick, and then we're wrapping up the pod here soon, anyways. And you guys can look all of these up too. I think the memorable ones are. The, the big three, the air guitar dance, which has been done multiple times. I mean, Lance has done a lot of dancing, a lot of skipping. He's big on the skips, but the air guitar dance is kind of his famous dance, his celebration. The LeBron ear blow, which you mentioned earlier. One of, I mean, probably a top five NBA troll moment. Uh, when was that, 2013? Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and then when he was on the Hornets, there was a game against the Knicks, if you guys remember this. Something happened at the end of the game. The Hornets lost, and the camera is on Derek Fisher, who, this is crazy to think about, was the coach of the Knicks at the time before he got beat up by Matt Barnes. (laughs) (laughs) And Lance is, I guess, on the floor, and he pops up right in front of Derek Fisher with a disgusted look on his face. That was a very funny one. Uh, so some in-game, like, while the game is happening things that were hilarious that happened, and you can find all these on YouTube. Uh, there was a game, he was on the Hornets, they're playing the Warriors, this is probably seven or so years ago. He's running across, a sc- Harrison Barnes is setting a screen, 
and he's about to run off of it, and he slips his arm under Harrison Barnes's, kind of like James Harden does when he has the ball. He slips his arm under Harrison Barnes and reaches around and smacks himself in the face and flops on the ground, and he got the foul call. Yeah, amazing. He's a, he's an all-time uh, flopper. He's an all-time flopper. He's an all-time troll, which I guess those, those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. You troll, you flop. Um, there was another great one where he... He, this was when he was on the Pacers and Dwight Howard was on the Hornets. He swats Dwight Howard off the backboard. Great block in transition. The, so the ball bounces straight off the backboard. Lance stands under the goal and like flexes in front of Dwight Howard. Not looking at him, looking past him. Right? Oh, I don't know if he's looking at him or past him, but he's he's like flexing and celebrating. Meanwhile, somebody on the Hornets is trailing the play and just picks up the ball and shoots an uncontested oh, layup. That's right. <laughs> so, and Lance, and Lance doesn't even know that this has happened either. So that was hilarious. Um, the funniest one I thought though was there was a game. This is maybe ten years ago. He is on the Pacers. They're playing that Nets team that had Paul Pierce and like Joe Johnson, all those guys. Somebody gets a foul call and Lance, off the ball, and Lance has the ball. And he starts driving to the basket as the foul is called. So everybody else stops, and he keeps going, and he ends up dunking right on a referee <laughs> who had stepped in under the goal. Um, great moment. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think he knew the he, ref was there? He, I mean, he definitely saw the ref there and was just like, I'm not going to stop. I don't think he got a T or anything, but another great Lance moment. How many refs do you think would give him a, a technical foul in that situation? Like what percent? Do you think you just got lucky, or do you think most refs would be okay with that too? Um, I feel like Lance might get leeway with that. You think so? Yeah. Also, it kind of depends on how <laughs> how the game is going too. I think, but I think refs generally know that Lance is kind of a troll, and he very much just moves to his own beat. Yeah. Do you okay? So I thought of one while you're reading this. I don't think you said it. He, we were playing the Raptors. Uh, time oh. was expiring. The game mm-hmm. was pretty much over. Pacers were going to win, but Lance ran down the court and dunked the ball and just got mobbed by the Raptors yes. players. Do you remember that? Yes, that was that was one too that I saw online. Uh, PJ Tucker was like legitimately wanted to rip his head off. DeRozan too. A weird, yeah. a weird sight from DeRozan. Yeah, that was a fun Raptors team. I think that was a conference finals. Raptors team before they had like the pressure of needing to win. Rio, my wife, uh, DeRozan and Lance Stevenson are probably her two favorite players all time. That's true. Right. And DeRozan's having a great season. Yeah. Two, that's yeah. De- DeRozan looks great this year. Re- you know, Rio Stoke, she's following every stat line, every, I know. Yeah. Every box score. <laughs> who, who does DeMar DeRozan play for? Yeah, he plays for the Chicago he Bulls. He does play for the Chicago Bulls. I wonder if we'll hear your whispering. What, uh, what in whispering? The, in the recording. What are you talking about? The I, I heard you say Chicago Bulls three times before no, we said I Chicago it. Bulls. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, who's he going to play for? The Indiana Pacers. <laughs> yes, oh, you heard it here I first. cannot wait. Future Indiana Pacer, DeMar DeRozan. That'd be fun. They'd have to get rid of Lance, though. Because uh, uh, their rivalry? Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> 
Well, I am going to do some more research into this Lance Stevenson stuff. If you're listening to and you thought of a Lance Stevenson troll moment that we didn't mention, let us know because you know we, we did our research on this, but we didn't want to deep dive too much. We knew we were running out of time too. But Austin, as always, I appreciate all the effort you put into this podcast. Thank you. Special shout out to Banjoga Bataz Day. Yes, we which is which may never make sense to anyone who's listening to this. Listen, if you're listening, I hope you get to I hope you get to meet Banjoga Bataz Day someday. A uh, part of the banjo gruesome twosome, ban Banjogan Anderson. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this up, man. Hey, if you're listening still at this point, I just want to encourage you, go leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter. Let us know what you love, what you would love to hear about in this podcast too going forward. We love hearing from our fans and can, would love to continue to grow as podcasters. We are getting so close to our 100th episode, so shout out to everyone who supported us along this journey uh, Austin and Rio over here laughing about a almond with udders. Guys, I'm trying to do the outro. Okay, where was I? Thank- Say bye. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll we'll catch you next time. For Austin, I'm Jack. Thanks for listening to the All Pacers Pod. Peace out. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, cause I'm gonna give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.